Podcast Help Desk number 23 for June 27th, 2014. This is the Podcast Help Desk with your host, Mike Dell. If you have questions about podcasting, how it works, how to set up your website or RSS feed, drop Mike a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com or email your question to podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com. You can even tweet your question by using the hashtag podcasthelpdesk. The Podcast Help Desk is now open. morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever the case may be. This is Mike, and this is the Podcast Help Desk, where I try to help you get podcasting and answer any of your questions you might have. Of course, the lady at the beginning told you how to get a hold of me, so I won't go over that again, and a few of you have. But uh, first off, I have a little bit of interesting news. Uh, I'm sure those of you who are podcast connoisseurs, I guess you would be if you're listening to me, uh, and you also have an iPhone or an iPad or an iThingy of some sort, you notice that the Podcasts app, the one that Apple does, quit working yesterday for a short time. About one o'clock, maybe it was two o'clock, I don't know, one o'clock, two o'clock Eastern time, I noticed it, as I usually, uh, in the afternoons at work, I'll You know, I ought to listen to so-and-so's podcast, so then I'll pick up the iPhone and start it up. Well, every time you started the app, it would crash. Just start up, crash, start up, crash. Well, since I was at work, I really didn't have time to screw around with it. Normally, I would uh, uninstall the app and reinstall the app, and then if it really didn't fix it, then I would have done this or that and the other thing and, and, you know, spent a lot of time screwing around, but instead... Since I was at work, I got lucky, and I noticed that I wasn't the only one having the problem, that everybody was having the problem. And the uh, the problem was something to do with the server and at Apple, and the way you could actually get it started was put it in airplane mode, and that way it couldn't connect anywhere, and it would just start the app, and as long as you had your podcast downloaded, of course it wouldn't stream. But if you haven't downloaded like I do, it was no problem whatsoever. But then again, now your phone's off or you're, or you're not hooked to the internet or whatever, depending on your device, and uh, that's not a good fix. But anyway, they got it all fixed up, and by t- yesterday evening, it was all up and running. And another interesting bit of uh, news, it's not rumor, it's news, uh, that in iOS 8... All the people that have downloaded the beta and are using it, uh, they report that the Podcasts app is now a default app on uh, iOS 8. So iPads, iPod Touches, uh, and iPhones, and, and whatever other devices they come up with that have iOS in the future, uh, will have that app and it will not be removable. You know, just like uh, other apps that they have as default, which, you know, I guess is good. It's good for us because, you know, everybody that has an iDevice will have the opportunity to 
listen to podcasts. Not all of them will, but maybe they're more apt to explore it. More apt to explore the app. <laughs> anyway. So, and uh, let's see. I guess uh, I guess we'll go into the meat of the subject here. Uh, a lot of people are talking about SoundCloud lately. And now that SoundCloud is doing podcasting. Well, funny thing is they've been doing podcasting for three years or so. And SoundCloud's neat. Uh, you know, it's kind of a neat thing. It's It's like YouTube for audio. It's not really meant for podcasting. And it's not really a good choice for podcasters. And I'll tell you why a little bit later. But you know, it's, it's, it's not a bad place, you know, having a second presence for your show, but, uh, you know, SoundCloud as a podcasting platform has got the same problem that a lot of others do, and it's got some unique problems. And the thing that just still bugs me is they've been, they've been actually doing this for three years, and they're still in beta three years, I just don't trust something that stays in beta that long. Now, there are exceptions to that. Gmail was in beta for the really longest time, but they finally took the little beta tag off it, and, and I trust it. But, you know, the, the, the thing that, that I don't trust about it is, you know, they could change something that is detrimental to your podcast. And if you're using that as your only point of presence for your podcast, you don't have control of it. And, you know, we're always talking about control, that you control your own brand. You know, the best way to do that is to get your own .com. They're cheap. GoDaddy has them for, I don't know, what are they up to now, 11 12 bucks a year, something like that. Uh, you can probably get them cheaper elsewhere, but get your own .com. You install your own WordPress installation. Don't use WordPress.com or Blogger or any of those uh, sites where uh, they host your WordPress. Host it yourself. I mean, just, you know, GoDaddy hosting. You can get, you know, their $6 a month plan or whatever. You can uh, go over there. And I don't have a promo code for GoDaddy. I really ought to. But, but you know, their little cheap hosting plan. Make sure you pick the Linux hosting plan, though. It just works better. But you can, you know, for six bucks a month there and, you know, 12 bucks a month at uh, Blueberry for your media hosting. So, yeah, you got a, a little monthly expense there, but you control everything. And at GoDaddy, installing WordPress is easy. But anyway, back to, to SoundCloud, you know, it, it isn't free. Um, you know, you can have a free account there, but you can only upload so many minutes of audio. I don't even remember what that is, but, you know, you, you're limited in total amount. And even if you pay them, you're still limited in total amount of uploads. It doesn't reset monthly, you know, like Libsyn or Blueberry. And, you, you know, so if you keep podcasting for a really long time, you got to keep buying more and more storage. I mean, that's kind of similar to using Amazon S3, but at least with S3, you own it and, and there's no upper limit other than your budget. But, you know, that's, that's one of the main uh, things there's, you know, it still costs money and they've got 
limit on total uploads. Uh, they mess with your file too. Uh, that's one of the things my friend Dave Jackson there always says is, you know, if, if I upload a file, I want that file to, to be downloaded. I don't want it to be different in any way. And as far as I can tell, all SoundCloud does is rename it, but they rename it to some really goofy thing. And, you know, and who knows what else they're doing with it, you know, and since they're serving the content and, you know, they're, they're paying the bandwidth out of your fee that, you know, they, they could be uh, downgrading it in quality, you know, and if you buy your hosting at Blueberry or Lipson, throw Lipson in there too, they're good. And, you know, what you upload is what it gets downloaded. Now, services like Blueberry have the option of renaming your file to a naming convention. They also have the option of writing your ID3 tags, but the file is going to remain exactly the same as far as the quality and all that. And you can turn that option off. In fact, it's default off. You can turn it on if you want it, but they, you know, don't mess with your file. Whereas a lot of these services do, uh, you know, uh, Podbean, I think does, uh, you know, I know blog talk radio and all that, they just encoded at a really low uh, bit rate. And even if you upload a file, it gets downgraded and, and Stitcher kind of does that too, but Stitcher at least has the common decency to report back to you, your downloads and report back to the system you're using for stats. So you don't even have to use their stats and take their word for it. And they do, you know, downgrade your your audio quality, but the way they do it, it doesn't seem to mess with it bad. So they're okay. But <laughs> And besides that, that's not your only point of presence. Like I said, using SoundCloud or any other proprietary service as your only point of presence is generally not a good idea as we've discussed. And the other thing is, you know, if you use their RSS feed, you're going to have trouble keeping your audience if you decide to leave. And that goes for, you know, any of those. If they, you know, if, if you're using a, a feed that doesn't start with your domain name, then you're doing something wrong. Well, not doing something wrong. You just have the chance of losing control of your audience because somebody else owns your feed. And we've talked about that, you know, when it comes to feed burner and feed blitz and all those kind of services. So I won't uh, continue to beat that dead horse. One advantage I think SoundCloud has as a second point of presence is they have a really cool player. Uh, it is, it is kind of neat, but your stats aren't going to be very good. Uh, and you can't use, you know, blueberry stats or pod track. If you wanted to use them, you, you can't use that, you know, a redirect type of uh, stat system. So you're stuck with their stats and what they tell you. And so, you know, in my humble opinion or not so humble opinion, stay away from SoundCloud uh, you know, play with it as a second point of presence or something. You know, think of it as YouTube for audio that costs money. <laughs> so it's really not all that good, is it? And let's see, got a question in. Uh, this one will remain anonymous. It says, my latest podcast is not listed. or My latest podcast episode is not listed on iTunes, and it's been a week. What's going on? Of course, the person in question gave me their feed and I went and took a look at their feed and their feed was huge 
I mean, huge. It was like two megabytes or two, was it two? I don't know what they, it was two megabytes. Yeah, two megabytes, which is about four times what the maximum at iTunes is and a lot of other services. You're only supposed to have your feed size be about 512K. It's not 512 meg, it's 512K. That's kind of small, but it's just text, and it's unformatted text, so there's not a lot of extra coding in there other than a few tags and stuff. But, you know, geez, wow. <laughs> and what it is, is, you know, they had 60, I don't know, 68, 69 episodes in the feed, and they were writing extensive show notes, and they had, you know, pictures and stuff linked in there, so there was a whole bunch of extra lines of code and everything for each post, and it just made the, the feed really huge. And iTunes will quit pulling somewhere between 512K and 1, one meg. And... You know, once they quit pulling you, they give you a little while to get it straightened around, and then they'll just pull your listing right off of iTunes, and you'll have a hard time getting it back on iTunes. I mean, you can once you get it all sorted out, but, you know, that's, you, you want to keep your feed size small. Not only that, you want it to be fast. I mean, you don't want, you don't want your feed to take, you know, five seconds to load, because a lot of these services, especially iTunes, Stitcher, uh, even the Blueberry directory, they only give so many so much time before they just go on to the next feed and they'll just not pull yours as often or not pull it at all. So you want to make sure it's small and fast. And that kind of goes back to don't ever uh, host your episodes on the same server as your website. And we've beat that dead horse, but same thing you know that can slow your feed down it slows your whole web server down and if you're on shared hosting it can it can slow down anybody else that's on the same server with you especially if you get it all popular you know like some some shows where they get you know 50 or 100 downloads which i didn't say only 50 or 100 downloads but that's a whole other subject <laughs> they uh but you know you put out an episode and all these podcatchers start downloading it. And for the first hour after you put your episode up, your website crashes. And then a lot of other podcatchers are trying to get your feed and your feed's not coming because it's slow or it just doesn't come at all. And then you skip on to the next one and it just causes problems. Makes your website slow and uh, all that. That's why I recommend, you know, offsite hosting for your, for your media files. And I'll have a little ad for that a little later on for Blueberry. But anyway, here's some ways you can make your feed size smaller. And the, the first simplest way is to reduce the number of episodes in your feed. I know most people want to have every episode in the feed and they, you know, they want iTunes to show every episode. But when you get up around 50 or 60 episodes, that's really too much, even for your iTunes listing. I mean, iTunes technically will show 300 items of your feed. So if you go over 300 episodes, there's no way to have it all showing in iTunes. But in my opinion, it's not even necessary to have them all in your feed. I mean, you know, 25 to 50 is what I recommend. Uh, I've got one show where I've probably got 100, but I watch that feed size and speed carefully. 
So that's oh, I keep knocking the microphone here. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, you probably didn't even hear that. But you know, there's really no reason to have every episode of your feed, in your feed. Now you can have it. Uh, you know, there it'll be on your website, and that's really better anyway for discovery, because people will find it. You know, doing Google searches. You know, if, you, if you've got unique titles of your posts and you get your show notes in there and everything. So there's really no real reason to have more than, you know, 25 or 50 episodes. And, and most podcasts aren't long tail. You know, now podcasts like mine here can have a long tail because the subjects I talk about, you know, people may go back and, and listen to old episodes. And there are people that once they discover you will go back and download every episode you ever did and you know that's i guess one reason to maybe have it in the feed but if it starts causing problems with your listings uh you know cut it back uh the other another way to reduce your feed size is write less text in your posts uh, i'm kind of guilty of that I, I write pretty extensive show notes most of the time and and i'm sure if i let my feed get too big you know, too many episodes in the feed, it it would cause problems. But I don't let it happen, so there you go. And in the third way, and if you take my advice and you use a WordPress site with PowerPress, uh, PowerPress has this neat thing called Feed Maximizer. I believe it's in the Feeds tab of your PowerPress settings. And if you, you know, start bumping up against your, your uh, feed size limit, turn that on and what that does is it takes the first 10 or i should say the last 10 of your episodes in your feed which will be the first first 10 items of your feed but the last 10 episodes if you're doing it right it takes those and and puts those out in full you know like they should be and then it takes episode you know the 11th one back and and down and takes out a lot of the tags, takes out a lot of the verbiage, and just puts the bare minimums in there so that you can have more episodes in your feed. And Todd Cochran, CEO of of Raw Voice, the parent company of Blueberry, also does the Geek News Central podcast, and he's he's coming up coming up close to a thousand episodes. Uh, he has. 300 in his feed because like i said there's no sense having any more than that because they won't show up in itunes or most other directories anyway and he has no problems but he's using that feed maximizer in powerpress and it works just great for him so that's you know that's the gist of it make sure your feed stays small and fast and uh, you won't have any problems with itunes quitting pulling it so there's an interesting question I come across. This one actually came from the Google Podcasters group, their community. And the guy said, uh, if I'm going to add a digital recorder to my audio chain for backups, why not use one of the cheap recorders like the Zoom H1, which is only $99? And I think there's a, a few other brands. This is me talking, not his question. But there's a few other brands out there. And my answer to that was, well, no, no real reason why not to use the H1 in particular. 
but make sure you look at the specs of the recorder of any of the other cheap recorders. Cause I've, you know, I've seen these ones that they sell at uh, Staples or Best Buy or whatever that are, uh, mainly for people to dictate notes to themselves. And those won't work. And the reason they won't work is there's no line level input and they record in a highly compressed format. So as long as the recorder you're going to use has an option for a line level input. And what that is, is okay, mic level is much higher or is it much lower? I forget. I guess it's much lower uh, of an input than the line level. Line level is, is just, you know, it's what your headphones are. It's what your uh, speakers are when you're for output and input. You know, the same thing. It's just line level. It's 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 a higher level of input, and it's less apt to uh, get overloaded. If you plug a line level input into a mic level uh, jack, you're going to have a hard time getting the audio low enough to not overload, and it just sounds like crap. And you don't want to sound like crap. So, like I said, the, the two things, like I said, line-level input. Make sure that it has a line-level input. And second, make sure it records in stereo. So make sure it has the uh, type of jack that takes a uh, tip ring sleeve type uh, eighth-inch jack or quarter-inch jack. Or, you know, some recorders, but they're not going to be the cheap ones, have the XLR, which is the three-pin. That's what uh, most microphones use. And those are very good, but of course you're not going to get that for $99. But, but make sure it records in stereo with a line level input in WAV format. Don't get one that records in Windows Media format. I've seen those. Or recording directly to MP3. Because, you know, not all MP3 encoders are created equal. You know, people that use Audacity and then they use the built-in recorder called lame or encoder called the lame encoder and the lame encoder is basically pretty lame unless you're using a variable bit rate which i don't recommend just for compatibility purposes so the best one is what's called the fraunhofer uh, mp3 encoder and that comes with itunes so if you you know record in wave and audacity you can or on a a portable recorder or an external recorder, you can take that WAV file and then encode it using iTunes if you want. That comes with Fraunhofer. Also, Adobe Audition comes with a Fraunhofer MP3 encoder. So either one of those is good, and I'm sure there's others out there that uh, that are just as good. I'm just unfamiliar with them. But uh, yeah, you just don't want lousy quality. So yeah, Zoom H1, it's a great little recorder. Even for, you know, backup or main recorder, you know, your main recorder. Uh, and it's and the built-in mic in it isn't bad either. They're not bad. I had one in here for uh, evaluation and uh, it sounded pretty good. Uh, like I said, I like my Roland R05 a little bit better. And it's only $100 more and it has a bit more bells and whistles. Of course, you could go for the Zoom, Zoom H4 or the Zoom H6 now. I think there's an H5, but those all have uh, actual XLR inputs, which uh, would work good out of a mixer and, you know, just for a field mic. 
We've talked about the uh, portable podcasting before. So it's not uh, not something we need to go into right now. But speaking of microphones, and you know, this is going to be kind of fun because I'm going to try something. <laughs> that's, that's not something you want to hear if you're in an airliner and the captain comes on and says he wants to try something. But hey, for a podcast, it's worth it. Besides that, I can edit. I'd rather not, but I can. So here was the question that I get all the time. What's the best microphone? What's the best microphone for me? And and other variations of that. Well, it depends on your voice. Depends on your studio. Depends on your budget. Depends on your preferences. We talk about it a lot, and we podcasters, most of us, are gearheads. You know, I'm, I'm definitely a gearhead. You know, I've got a pile of microphones that I've tried, and I got a pile of microphones that I use on a regular basis, and some that I don't use that collect dust. Should put them on eBay, or maybe I'll give them away in the podcast. How's that? Anybody want to want a microphone that's uh, slightly used and uh, not abused? I might do that. Hmm. Give me some ideas. But anyway, I'm going to test some inexpensive mics. I want you to tell me if you think it was worth me buying this uh, Heil PR40 for 300 bucks. You know, other than it looks really cool and I like it. And even if I don't need it, I want it. <laughs> so that's what I'm using. So the first one I'm going to test is the, uh, the ever popular... ATR 2100, which I got in for evaluation about a year ago and haven't given it back. Actually, I didn't want it back. So uh, anyway, I've got this here and I use that in my mobile setup. So you've actually heard me use it before, but never done a AB comparison with the Heil PR40 here on the podcast. So give me a second to push a couple of buttons. Okay, this is the ATR 2100 and uh, just making sure my levels are roughly the same you'll notice it sounds a little more bassy and I'm also hand holding it so you might hear a little uh, handling noise because uh, the other mic stand that I have here doesn't uh, doesn't fit it it's a little bit bigger so let me uh, do an AB here okay this is the uh, Heil PR40 and it's on its uh, boom and a PL2 uh, shock mount. Of course, when I bang it, it still makes noise, but uh, that's not the shock mount's problem. It's me actually hitting the microphone. And this is back to the uh, handheld ATR2100 by Audio-Technica. So uh, you tell me, this is the $59.95 microphone. And this one is the 300-ish dollar microphone. Actually, I think you can get them now for 250 if you shop around. That's the uh, Heil PR40. So let me uh, push a couple other buttons here. And uh, I've got yet another microphone that is much cheaper yet. Okay, this is the mystery microphone. I'll call it a mystery microphone. Now, I do have this on a stand, but the, it's not a really good stand. And I do have a windscreen on it, which I did not on the ATR. I normally do. I have one of those little fuzzy ball things. You can get it to Radio Shack for, I don't know, five bucks or whatever. But this one does have one on it, and the other one did not. But this is a extremely cheap microphone. 
Okay, and then this is the more expensive HLPR40. Now I'm going to tell you what this microphone is in a second and how much it costs. Actually, I'm going to tell you how much it costs first. Let me switch back. Okay, this is the cheap mystery mic. And I think it sounds pretty okay in my headphones. Now I've got the mixer and the all the processing all the same. So when I process this audio, it's, it's going to sound the same. Uh, or it's going to be processed the same as the other other microphones. And also the levels seem to be roughly the same. Well, there might be a slight difference, but I can't tell it. So I'm not going to uh, worry about it. But anyway, this microphone costs $24.99. Actually, I think I got it on sale for $19.99. I got a three-pack of them. <laughs> for, I forget what they were in a three-pack, but... Uh, this is the Behringer XM8500 microphone, and it's kind of a copy of the Shure SM58, which goes for about $100. And, you know, it's it's not bad. It's not bad. I, you know, it might, you might even prefer the sound of it with my voice. I don't know. Okay, back to the uh, high PR40. The thing I notice about the PR40 is that it's a little higher pitched. And it's a little more full range. It, it picks up more of everything. And it also is really good at rejecting noise, which the uh, XM8500 isn't quite as much. But I think I've got it turned down a little bit more. And then I'm talking up into it a little bit more. So it may not be a fair comparison. So anyway, here's the uh, Behringer XM8500 one more time. And like I said, it's a $24.99 microphone at uh, Amazon. Don't know what the foreign prices are, but uh, in the United States, $24.99. So uh, that's not bad. And as you can see, you know, you can go cheap or you can go expensive, whatever you want. But uh, you can still do a great job even with the cheap stuff. So there is no excuse for crappy audio. So go out there and uh, at least get the $25 mic. So let me uh, get back to my notes here to see if I got anything else. No, I don't really have anything else for this week uh, other than if you want to get a free month of Blueberry Podcast media hosting uh, at any level, they're going to uh, give it to you if you use my promo code NOBS, N-O-B-S. And by the way, I think that promo code's going to change along with the title of my book, but uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail about that other than to say uh, that promo code's good now. And that'll give you, like I said, a, th a free month of podcast hosting at any level over at blueberry.com. And uh, let's see what other housekeeping should I do? Yes, I know I missed a week. Uh, it's unavoidable in the summer season, but uh, I will do my best to stay on a weekly schedule at most every two weeks. But uh, hopefully next week I will have more. Please get your questions in <clears throat> and go over and visit the website. I have links to uh, all the products that I talked about, all the mics and the recorders and all that that I talked about. And I'm thinking about putting up an equipment page. I know a lot of people do that, but I figure 
I can put one up also. That'll give you a list of my recommended stuff and along with uh, with uh, links to it in Amazon. So if you use my links to buy the equipment, I get a little kickback and it doesn't cost you any more. And if I find a better deal at some place other than Amazon, uh, I will certainly post it uh, with or without an affiliate link. Not in this to make affiliate income, but uh, every little bit helps. So I'm thinking about doing that, putting up a recommended equipment page. Maybe I'll put a uh, good, uh, okay, and cheap, or should I call it better, or uh, better, best, (laughs) or you know what I mean. I'll think of something, but I am going to put up an equipment page. And if you find some equipment that that you find handy, uh, I can usually get it in. Uh, on a demo basis and uh, thoroughly thrash it out so you know if you find something you really like and you want me to try it out uh, let me know and I'll see if I can get a hold of one for evaluation and uh, we'll even uh, try it out here on the podcast everybody uh, have a good week and I will catch you next time If you have questions about podcasting, how it works, how to set up your website or RSS feed, drop Mike a voice message at podcasthelpdesk.com or email your question to podcasthelpdesk at gmail.com. You can even tweet your question by using the hashtag podcasthelpdesk. Thank you for visiting the Podcast Help Desk. See you next week.